This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. We're going to do some money in politics. We've got Liz Peake, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist. We've got Steve Moore of FreedomWorks and Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline and his radio show, WABC radio show, More Money. Following this show and many of these same stations, please stick around for more money. All right, kids, uh, welcome back. Uh, Steve Moore, did you go to the rally in Iowa? <laughs> Hi, Larry, I did. What? How and was that, Trump, the Trump rally? That was fantastic. I mean, it's the first time Trump ever spoke for just 10 minutes. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> Every candidate was uh, given 10 minutes, and Trump was fantastic. I thought, actually... Vivek was good. I thought. Um, I thought actually that um, Governor uh, DeSantis did a good job. But you know, then they have a big party afterwards, and everybody was everybody went to Trump's party. He stood there for an hour and forty minutes and shook people's hands and took pictures. It was amazing. Wow! And did he mention uh, tax cuts in his ten minutes? Uh, mostly, he talked about how um, he is going to reverse just about everything that Biden has done. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got it. I got it. No, it's probably a good campaign message. Uh, Liz Peake, I wanted to ask you, being the great mother you are, Joe Biden has now recognized the Ozark grandchild, Navy Joan Roberts. He has officially welcomed her back into the party. What do you make of that? Why is he doing that all of a sudden? (laughs) Well, look, even allies... Uh, at the New York Times have been clobbering him for what is obviously a disgraceful and really mean-spirited uh, ignoring of mm-hmm. his grandchild, Baby Joan Roberts. I mean, there's no question he's, she's part of the family, and yet they have studiously, Jill and Joe, uh, and even Hunter, none of them has ever met this child. Hunter Biden has never met his daughter, which I find pretty Is that right? Actually. I didn't know yeah. that. I did yeah, not I mean, know that. This isn't a cold shoulder. This is a cold world that they have created for this child who knows, mm-hmm. apparently, who her antecedents are, who her father is and who her grandfather is. So, really, it's pretty despicable. And Maureen Dowd, as we all remember, wrote two weeks ago, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. about her uh, her view of this, her view of this ignoring of this child. And she was really, she ripped the president uh, to shreds about it. Saying, you know, he puts family first. Well, this is family. She's not first. She's obviously mm. last. So mm. I, I think he succumbed to pressure, but it's not a very attractive uh, picture, no matter where you start and where you end. Why is he doing this, Steve Moore? You're a father. I mean, he, as you said, he, cold shoulder. Why now? Well, why is he now acknowledging the child? Or Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I think it's just because, as Liz just said, he was, everyone knew it was just so disgraceful what the family was doing here. And I think, you know, look, his reputation has taken such a hit mm-hmm. in the last few weeks. And 
you know, I feel like they're indicting the wrong guy in Washington. I mean, and and I, by the way, I talked to a number of congressmen in just the last few days, and they think that this and senators, they think that this impeachment is a very real possibility. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Um, uh, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy was out first on Sean Hannity. Then he had his own little presser. What was it? Thursday talking about an impeachment inquiry, Steve. Uh, many people, I had Claudia Tenney on uh, earlier in the program talking about it. They, many believe that they, you know, can't get a proper investigation or proper uh, all the evidence available unless they do call impeachment. Even that may be difficult because the Justice Department stonewalls. You know, but I know there are allegations, but the evidence keeps mounting. Will, will impeachment be a smart thing for the Republicans? Steve. Hello? All right, I'll switch to Liz. <laughs> well, I don't know what look, I think impeachment is always risky. We've seen that with Donald Trump, where actually support for Donald Trump grew because he was impeached on pretty spurious grounds on a phone call. And this really cracks me up to Ukraine's president wondering about corruption with Joe Biden. Well, guess what? That was a pretty legitimate inquiry, it seems to me. But anyway, uh, impeaching President Trump did not help the Democratic Party. And I think I think it's reasonable for McCarthy to come out and say, they're moving in that direction. I hope, Larry, that they have absolutely buttoned up this case before they go to impeachment, because Democrats and, let's face it, a very powerful media majority is going to land on Republicans and say this is just revenge. This is just, uh, you know, they're doing this because of a quid pro quo. So I think I think they have to be very careful here. But on the other hand, Republican voters, and you see this on Twitter all the time, expect the GOP majority to deliver. And one of the things they want to see is comeuppance, if you will, for Joe Biden. I mean, uh, it may be better, at least for a while, to just let the oversight committee work. Yeah, Uh, exactly. You know, Comer, I mean, you've got Liz, Devin Archer now, uh, Hunter's best friend or former best friend, who was in the middle of all these uh, nefarious, crooked uh, deals. I mean, he could blow the lid off of this whole story if he chooses to. I, I agree. And he will be sitting down for a rec- I don't know why this phraseology is so important, but it, for a recorded conversation with the committee, the only thing that worries me, Larry, is he has already, he apparently will testify that there were any number of phone calls, over 20 phone calls hmm. to uh, Hunter Biden's business partners, where Joe Biden was tapped in via a conference call. Hunter Biden would put the phone on the table, dial his dad, get him on the phone. But Devin Archer, I think, is also going to say he doesn't know whether Joe Biden was aware of the context or that he was aware that he was being sort of dropped into the middle of a business conversation. I think there's going to be wiggle room there. I think what's going to absolutely convict this guy is bank records and unearthing the LLCs and following the money. And I've got to tell you, I think the stupidest thing Joe Biden has done in office, and that is a long, long list to choose from, (laughs) is saying to a reporter, where's the money? Okay, let's find the money. Let's follow the money. And when it turns out 
that there were LLC payments paid into the Biden family accounts. We know that's happened, but also into Joe Biden's account or that money from, let's say, his daughter-in-law's account to his is highlighted. Then I think there is really no question that Joe Biden personally benefited from the Chinese business deals, the Ukrainian business deals, et cetera. That's what they need to do. Well, a week or two ago, I had Jamie Comer uh, on the show, and he said they were really now investigating and searching uh, for various um, bank uh, transactions related to Burisma. That was their next step. And you're you're right. I mean, you know, follow the money is a terrific thing tactic right now for that committee actually for all the committees i mean the irs has a whack at that too but you're right follow the money in in a sense that's the groundwork for any impeachment they got to come up with uh, you know as much evidence as possible before they decide to impeach i think that's true i think the reputational damage can go on notwithstanding whether Mm -hmm. or not they actually get to formal articles of impeachment and i suspect they will I think over the next six months, that's very possible. But again, I just hope that they do it. And I I give Comer a lot of credit. I mean, he is being ridiculed and debased Mm. by the left-wing media, and he's just sticking to his guns and sort of plodding through this, despite, as you say, unimaginable obstruction from the Department of Justice. I mean, you know, I, I find that pretty shocking. I guess I still believe that these organizations are honest, and I don't think any longer that they are. Yeah, they're not, Liz. <laughs> I know, but, they're, they're but isn't not. it horrible to admit when, that? When we grew up, they were, but we're grown up and they're not. Yeah. Steve Moore, do you think impeachment is the way to go for the House Republicans? Still no Steve Moore. All right, let's take a break, all right, and we'll see if we can get Steve back. Otherwise, Liz and I are going to talk about the energy situation, which is a very difficult uh, story. Uh, I'm Cudlow. Liz Peake, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and uh, Steve Moore of uh, Committee to Unleash Prosperity and the radio show More Money. We'll be right back. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. I'm Larry Kudlow. We are back with Liz Peake, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore. I think he's finally showing up. (laughs) <laughs> Freedom Works committed to unleash prosperity hotline and his radio show following this show. It's called More Money. Uh, Steve, I want to give you a quick whack. Uh, impeachment, good for the Republicans or not? You know, I, I don't really think that impeachment is uh, necessary here. I feel the same way with respect to Trump. I mean, look, we're going to have a tr- uh, sort of a jury in the voters in November of 2024. And I really feel strongly about this. Let let the voters decide, you know, which of these two people they want and whether they believe these charges. And and so, um, you know, I'm very concerned, I think, as most conservatives are, about the weaponization of our justice system in Washington. And there's something really unseemly about a president of the United States indicting his run, the person he's running against. I mean, that's what third world countries do. Well, he wants to throw him in jail. Exactly. We're up to 740 years. So <laughs> that means he can't run against him. I Can, mean, the, the question I have for you guys is, could he, could he, uh, you know, could he be president 
if he's convicted? I, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but, you know, is he going to be like the Nelson Mandela of, of America? And, uh, you know, because that's, again, this is what third world countries do. They put their political enemies behind bars. Yeah, well, Joe Biden, third world country. Um, <laughs> let me move on. Uh, Liz Peake, you wrote kind of a blockbuster. I really like this. Uh, rising gas prices will torpedo Bidenomics, and you kind of walk through it. Now, this has come up a couple times during the show, but yours is really comprehensive. Just give us a quick overview. Well, look, we've had a pretty substantial increase in oil prices in recent weeks, and it doesn't really look like that's going to turn around anytime soon, and it's now translating into higher gasoline prices. So first, why is it happening? It's happening mainly because OPEC plus, but really Saudi Arabia and Russia have decided to raise uh, oil prices by cutting output. Okay, that's one topic we can go back to because there's a reason both those countries obviously uh, are doing that, not, and it's not just to raise oil prices, in my view. Uh, the second part of the story is high gas prices are the number one thing that mm. correlate with Joe Biden's approval ratings. I mean, uh, higher gasoline prices last year completely side, uh, I mean, just knocked his approval ratings for a loop. And only when gas prices started to come down did he get up to around 40 percent, which is where he still is. But this is a very bad thing for Joe Biden, and particularly as he's out on the road, so to speak, it's sort of a metaphorical road, uh, talking about Bidenomics and how great it is, because this is the number one thing that all Americans pay attention to. If gas prices keep going up, Bidenomics doesn't mean anything. And, and can I just add something to that, which is that, I mean, I think Liz is right on on this, and gas prices are going to continue to rise. I think you're going to see $4 a gallon gas based on what's happened to the oil price because obviously oil the oil price is what dictates the price at the pump and larry uh, beyond that i don't know if you saw we had a little chart in the hotline the other day the commodity prices are starting to rise again pretty significantly for the first time in a year so this idea that inflation has been slayed i'm not buying it gasoline up to 375 nationwide yep uh so it's up about 40 50 cents and, and, Liz, you know what I was really interested in? Uh, your last point in the article, how Warren Buffett is investing in fossil fuels. He's bought Oxy and he's bought an LNG company. He's a pretty smart guy. What does he know? Yeah, isn't it funny how liberals love uh, Warren Buffett until he does something that they don't approve <laughs> right. of? Well, what does he know? 80% of the world is still reliant and 79% of the U.S., Power comes from fossil fuels. And this this mind leap that the White House seems to have embraced, that we're going to pivot away from that to renewables overnight, it's ludicrous, Larry. And somebody needs to tell this. I mean, honestly, if there's one thing that should bounce Joe Biden out of the White House, it is this foolhardy rush to renewables and abandonment of fossil fuels. And that's why his approval ratings are tied to gas prices. Americans know yep. that since day one in office, he has declared war on fossil fuels, did everything imaginable, including just a week ago, raising prices yep. on people trying to drill for oil. So what's the upshot? The rig count is down. Yep. Production is nowhere near where it should be. It is beyond stupid. Even Obama had an <laughs> all-of-the-above strategy with energy which Joe Biden has simply abandoned. Well, what they have is an all-of-the-above-ground strategy. So they don't want anything that comes from below the ground. Uh, Steve, but but Steve it's Moore, a big just... issue. And by the way, Larry, did you see the other thing I think was so interesting, uh, apropos of what 
Liz was just saying is that uh, Chucky Schumer, your good friend Chuck Schumer in the Senate there, has basically had a press conference this week and said, if we run the table in 2024, we're going to double down. We're doubling oh, down on our green energy policies. Sure, sure. He's a great American. <laughs> Steve, I don't know how, if you had a cold shower this morning because they banned water heaters. And in the name of climate change, they're taking away all of our creature comfort appliances. I just happen to have a little <laughs> list here. Gas stoves, yep. hot water heaters, shower heads, air conditioners, toilet flushing, light bulbs, gas-powered cars, cold-fired pizza, washer, dryer, yep. dishwasher, mobile homes, refrigerators, <laughs> microwaves, gas furnaces, pool pumps, I can't heat my pool, battery chargers, dehumidifiers, and ceiling fans. I love my ceiling yep, fan. Right. They want to turn this into Europe. Have you ever taken a shower in, in a European hotel? <laughs> I mean, Actually, I, I'm one of, I like to take cold showers in the morning. I, oh, my kids think I'm crazy. But, you know, uh, look, yeah, look, you are crazy. <laughs> but Liz, a, you take cold showers. I like warm water myself. <laughs> but there's a serious point here. I want people to understand this. The death rate from extreme weather is mm-hmm. lower today than any other time in the history of civilization as a percentage of population. Now, why is that? Why are fewer people dying from extreme cold? Air conditioning. Air, air conditioning <laughs> and, and electric power. You know, yeah. you get heat in the summer, I mean, in the winter, and you get elect- air conditioning in the winter, in, in the summer. And they're trying to, t- there was just an article about maybe we're going to have to have rationing of electricity. This is very dangerous, folks. It's dangerous to your health. You ever try to flush a toilet in a European <laughs> hotel? Takes you about twenty minutes. I mean that's that's what they're And the doing worst it. thing is the showers too. You talk the the water just trickles out yes. of the shower. That's <laughs> you it. have to stand there exactly for ten minutes right. before you get right. wet. I like power showers and I like warm showers. But seriously, Liz, this is I mean this this they're jamming it down our throats. This is part of this sort of Biden uh, you know, big government socialism, top-down, central planning. They're just jamming it down our throats through executive orders. And I think there's, you know, people don't like this. People like their creature comforts. People like their appliances. Yep. They don't want to have to go out and buy everything new again, Liz. I mean, I think this is just an, a, a political mistake, uh, and I think it just shows you how they operate. They Steve Moore, Steve Moore, Steve Forbes was right ages ago when he said it's modern socialism through the regulatory state. Yeah, and and it's really it just goes on and on. It seems to me every week there is another insulting infringement on consumer choice, consumer freedom. Yes, and yes. and I really don't think people like this. Um, the accumulation of all these rules and regulations is staggering. Uh, and by the way, of course, it is a slap mostly at lower income Americans who have to pay more for products that don't work as well and who are being told, you know, that, that this is essential. The other thing, Larry, I bring up, and I think this is going to become a bigger and bigger issue. I think Biden is destroying our auto industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't really seen the only way that Ford can transfer, can, can move to more EV production is if basically the state bails him out them out because yep. they're losing so much money on this EV switch and I think other com- I haven't done enough work on this I need to do more but I must say I think it is really a horrific thing that's happening. Well, the, I would only add to one thing to that and that is that the those car companies like Ford and GM they're doing a pretty good job of ruining their own companies. I mean, mm-hmm. buying into all this 
uh, yes. EV stuff. Yeah. And the only company that's going to be making real cars is Toyota. <laughs> mm. yeah. Right. But, you Mary know, Steve, Barra. I don't think they have a choice. I don't think they have a choice. Yep. I think the government threatens them yep. Yep. with taking away the subsistence. I, I just think, I think over time, American auto companies, maybe those in Europe, too, are really going to be sort of self-destructing. Yep. All right, kids. Thank you ever so much. Liz Peak, Steve Moore. Steve Moore has uh, more money on coming after most of these same stations after this show. I'm Cudlow. We will see you next weekend. Thanks, folks. Thank you. 